When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Uplifting Impact Podcast. My name is Deanna Singh, and I'm the Chief Change Agent of Uplifting Impact, and I am so excited to be here with you again, hosting another deep dive into our journey to make the world more diverse, equitable, and inclusive. And today, I am so excited to be having a conversation with Tammy Garns Mata. Tammy is Valley National Bank's Senior Vice President, Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer, and leads the development and delivery and communication of a holistic diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy for the organization. She partners really closely with the executive leadership team, business lines, and functions in making sure that she can help drive awareness, commitment, and accountability for the Valley's DEI initiatives, both internally and externally. So prior to doing this amazing work, she and transitioning into the DEI field, Tammy practiced employment law for 15 years, most recently as in-house counsel and leading financial services firm. I really want to point this out because she's an alum of my same school, but she uh, graduated with Afro-American studies degree from Princeton University, not the same one we share, but also from the law degree from Georgetown University Law School. So we are uh, from the same alma mater. Tammy, welcome so much to the show. Thank you. So excited to be here. And, you know, I'm always happy to, to dab up the uh, Hoyas out here. So the Hoya lawyers. <laughs> you do have some Hoyas who are listening. So absolutely. I'm sure you'll get some Hoya love in the, in the comments. So really glad to have you here on the show and really glad to be able to have this conversation. Um, I actually just spent this last week, I was with, uh, I think it was about 350 senior leaders of banking institutions. I I had the opportunity to speak at a conference and it was so fascinating to just hear some of the questions that they had and things that they were thinking about. And one of the things that kind of kept coming up, we're going to dive right in, just FYI, right? (laughs) One of the things that, that really kept coming up were questions around associate resource groups, right? Like, what are they? What do they do? You know, what's their function? How do they bring allies together? How do they bring associates together? And I know that this is a space where you have done some extensive work. So really curious to hear what your thoughts are about, and and just so everybody knows, sometimes we call them associate resource groups, sometimes we call them employee resource groups, sometimes we call them affinity groups. They're all kind of, you know, in the same, in the same vein, same bucket. But I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on how, how it works and and how you make it work and, and what the benefits are. So, you know, resource groups can be such an amazing way for Um, employees or associates to connect with the mission of your organization, um, your business objectives, and to really connect with each other. You know, for us here at Valley, we started our program, you know, in in the fall of 2020. um, And I knew it was something that I wanted to be one of the first things I did when I joined Valley, really because they had made such an impact in my own life. Um, You know, when you go into, um, and for me, it was, you know, law firms or corporate America, there's 
a number of ways that you can sometimes feel othered, um, that you don't quite belong or you're a little bit out of step. Um, this is a new environment. You have to kind of give yourself time to understand the rhythms of that organization. How do people work? What's the vernacular? Um, little things like that. And resource groups are a great way to really connect with people as soon as you join the organization. It's a cross, can represent a cross section of employees, people who do things that are different than your own, that what you do in a day-to-day, -day, um, you can understand kind of some of the things that the organization is working on at a larger scale um, and really develop the relationships that make it worthwhile to come to work. Um, you know, with, with resource groups, I've found that there have been opportunities, even if you've been with an organization for a long time, to almost re-up or rejuvenate your connection to the, to the uh, organization that you're a part of. And so that can be trying out a new skill with, with scaffolding. Um, you know, say you want to increase your exposure. Well, hey, why don't you help the resource group put together this event and you can do the welcome note or you can do the Q&A for a speaker, things that you won't get to do in your, you know, quote unquote day job, but can really enhance the way you present and how you show up in your day job. Um, so they're just a really great way to connect communities of people together. And our resource group program in particular focuses on groups that have been historically marginalized and underrepresented um, in the banking industry in particular. Um, and what that does, it means is that we create these opportunities to create awareness, um, to talk about issues um, that arise and to create greater connection, especially for us where you're spread, we're spread out across um, four states, uh, so me expanding that outreach, but we don't, you know, and we also have a branch system, so we don't have often ways for groups to get together based on their, you know, kind of common experiences. And the ARGs help us do that across geographic lines. So I think that they can be a tremendous benefit um, as long as you tailor them to the population that you have. I don't, you want to steer clear of, you know, starting these groups as a check the box exercise. Right, you know, there's a huge focus right now on building DNI programs, and you don't want to just say, "Oh, well, this company is doing that. They have resource groups. They have seven. I'm going to have seven. Like you yeah. have to see what your your population needs and how it really contributes to the overall objectives of your organization. I think there's so many things that you said here, and I, and I, I want to go back to just a couple of, of them to, to pull them out. But one of the things that you mentioned at the very beginning was really like the impact on your own life. You know, and we talked about this, we were joking about going to the same school, but when I think about some of the most like transformative moments that I had at the law school, and it was an amazing experience, right? I really, I really feel so fortunate that, it, that I got to have that privilege of being able to go such a, to such a great institution. But when I think about some of the most transformative moments, they were with the Black Student Union. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> the, like, Bulsa. Uh, they were in the Bulsa office, right? They were with right. the, the people who were older than me and kind of were showing us the ropes through Balsa. It was the yep. first place on campus that I definitely felt like, okay, I can do this. I I do I can find a crew. I, you know, I, I can ask the questions that maybe I'm a little bit embarrassed to ask in other places. Like it, it was such a huge component of my success in school. And I think that even just having that experience kind of early on in my, in my career and educational experience followed me 
right? So yeah. one of the desires then became like in institutions that I would go into to try and find something similar to that. And to your point, ARGs are, are an easy way for somebody who's brand new, like I just started to kind of identify with um, other people, right? And, and kind of make those connections. So I just wanted to, to point that out because I share that with you, right? <laughs> the impact that it's had on my life, not just in education, but really in, in the corporate world too. I can yeah, I can still absolutely. say almost all my, you know, closest friends and, and mentors and everything kind of so many of them started by having those opportunities in those spaces. You're going to laugh. I actually have my balsa mug on my desk still <laughs> to remind me it has all of our names <laughs> on the back. That is so um, awesome. But it's something that really, you know, it reminds me of that time in my life where, you know, you're starting this very intense program and you have people who are with you and thinking about you and want to stay connected to you. Um, and so like, like, and I remember even us working to get those cups made. It's like <laughs> to just remember that time <laughs> in absolutely, our lives. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> this would have been such a cool moment because actually until probably a couple of hours ago, I had my balsa graduation cup on the, it wasn't as cool as your mug, but it, I had the, the glass cup. So yeah, these are the kinds of things that just really, that really stick to us that we can have a strong, I mean, that's why we call these affinity groups, right? Resource groups, because those are words that describe what happens. I think another thing that was really interesting uh, that you mentioned, and you mentioned it in a variety of different ways. So I just want to pull out for the audience. You talked about cross, like cross level, cross, um, uh, you know, so so amongst within, you know, different levels of the organization. You talked about cross geography. You talked about cross function, right? Different areas of the business. And so use this word of, of talking across. Right. And we talk a lot about bridges at Uplifting Impact. It's like the guiding force of everything that we, we, we think about. But I kept think, imagining this idea of a bridge. A lot of times in organizations, we hear people say, well, it's such a silo, yeah. such a silo, right? This group doesn't know this group. And this, mm-hmm. But that's what the, the ARGs really have the opportunity to do is to bridge those bridges, to build those bridges and, and create opportunities for people to cross over from different areas. And I just thought that was so beautiful yeah. the way you said it. So I just wanted to highlight that <laughs> again. It really is. You know, banking, you know, in particular, or in financial services in particular, can be very hierarchical. I always say that word wrong. It can be very structured <laughs> based yeah. on hierarchy. Um, and so what you find is people will, will see, you know, folks getting promoted. They don't know how they did that, right? So you'll hear somebody say like, oh, I'll just go out and get an MBA in order to advance my career. But it's not necessarily connected with what the path is because sometimes they don't even know what the path is. They don't know how people got to where they are. They don't know, do I move laterally so I can move you know, upwards? And so these connections help you do that. Oh, you're in you know, this department, what do you do? right? Tell me about that, you know, and those are the, those kind of interactions, you know, especially if you're coming from a group that has been, you know, marginalized, it can be so impactful to how you build your career and the satisfaction you get from that career. You're actively making a choice to say, you know, I like that, you know, I'm, I'm hearing about, you know, this, you know, UX like research and team, right? Like I want to get into that. What certifications do I need? How do I do that? Right. And that's a whole path that you didn't even know what was in front of you. And I feel like that's a huge component of diversity, equity, and inclusion is trying to find people more access to the opportunities that an organization can provide. It's not so much that they are not motivated or they don't have ambition or they're not interested. 
It's the how, how do I do that? How do I get connected to that? Um, and that can be a huge lever, I think, for really tapping into the talent of your organization, connecting externally. And you know, our ARGs have helped Valley in a very short time reach communities that we weren't reaching in the same way, um, both internally and externally. So it's, you know, I'm so proud of it, <laughs> the program and all the people who participate. You know, you never work alone um, when you get when you have a success. And there's so many folks who have contributed their time to make sure that we create great programming, people feel connected, we keep evolving. Um, so it's really been a wonderful experience. You know, and I think that's the other thing too that I just like wanted to highlight, like because you're absolutely right, right? Like one of the things that you can do in an ARG that you might not be able to do in your day job is learn, but it's also trying new things, right? It's also getting the opportunity to really build that muscle up um, and to demonstrate like, yes, I'm in finance, but guess what? I also have this super creative side or vice versa. I have the super creative side, but I love being able to put together, you know, financial records and do all these other things. Like it gives you an opportunity to create a much more expansive brand almost right inside of the organization to help people understand what your talents are and what your passions are and how those can, can show up in a way that can be near impossible when we have a very like straight line, this is your job. This is the, right. the scope of, of the way. Like, no. <laughs> but it's also, and this is one of the things that I, I try to encourage. So I think, you know, as we're talking about this, we're talking about the experience of a person who's participating and kind of like actively going there. But the same benefits, I think, exist for somebody who is coming to the ERG or the ARG or the, you know, affinity group to learn about other people, mm-hmm. right? So if mm-hmm. you're like, wow, do we have, you know, people in our organization who are really creative? Do we have people in our organization who are really passionate about helping us grow market? Or do we, sometimes it means going to the ARG and saying like, this is the space where, you know, we always say like, people are always talking to us about recruiting and retention and all these other things, which are great. I can talk about them all day. You want to talk about it, Tammy? We could talk about it, right? All day long. But one of the things that I think is a missed opportunity that we see all the time is how often are you going to the pool of people that are already within your organization yeah, Yes, and yes. growing that pool into some of those, these spaces and, and leadership roles that you're looking to do? Because why wouldn't you? You, you already right. have an active audience. They're down the hallway from you. They're on your Zoom calls on a daily <laughs> basis. You can jump into that ARG meeting and start to, to start to really learn more about people that are already committed to your mission and your vision. Absolutely. We are already using, for the folks who have you know, stepped up to be, whether it's a committee lead on, in, on an ARG and those we've asked to take on, you know, the higher leadership roles to so our national chairs and our regional vice chairs, that's already viewed as a talent pipeline for us. So we look at that cohort. So if we know that somebody is, you know, rocking it in their day job and they're rocking it here, then we want to see, okay, well, what else can we add that person to? Where else can we, how do we kind of complete that talent profile for this person? Give this person the next kind of building block to say, okay, now you're ready to take on more. Um, that exposure and visibility, um, and I, I, it's my, I feel like it's another part of my job, a very primary part of my job, is to put people into the light where they haven't been. You know, I always say that your kind of talent and what you can add to an organization does not have an expiration date. So if you've been here, you know, 5, 10, 30, 40 years, I still want to know what's next for you. 
what do you, yeah. I want you to be thinking about that because you just don't know where the next great idea is going to come from. You don't know who's going to be able to help you implement that idea. And so you want to create these safe spaces where people can grow and try out things. And most importantly, they can fail and make mistakes, right? Yeah. Because that's part of growth and development. Um, and resource groups really provide that. You get to do something totally out of, the, out of your comfort zone and there's somebody there with a safety net you know, like the like team to help you. So it's, it's a, we are definitely tapping into that. And, you know, I think the benefit of starting our program and building it is that we have the benefit of learning from kind of what resource groups have been in the past, right? So we can sure. take all of that initially, like, you know, at the outset, I should say, aligning it to our business objectives, right? So that there's a real tangible game for everybody involved. So um, I should say thanks here for all of the DEI practitioners that came before me who <laughs> started uh, resource groups because I think where we are now is, is a direct um, line to what they created and what they started so that we can keep that evolution going. Absolutely. So I do have one more question for you, especially because, you know, coming from the financial services place where you talk about governance all day long. Um, I'm just curious, like, you know, inside of your ARGs, what does your governance framework look like? Uh, what are some of the benefits of having that framework? Just because I know there are people who are in different places. There are people who have had ARGs or ERGs or affinity groups for a while. There are people who are just starting them. There are people who have started them, but there's, you know, kind of going a little bit deeper. But I think all three groups are always trying to figure out what's the governance structure we should yeah. use. So I'm just curious as to what yours is and, and what you, you think are the benefits of it. Sure. So the reason, you know, um, I'm a proponent of having a governance structure is because your DEI leader cannot be the only person responsible for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, if you are going to truly embed it into everything you do, you need groups of people who are coming up with the strategy, buying into the strategy, focus on implementing the strategy um, and correcting and tweaking the strategy as you go. Um, and so a governance framework sets out for an organization how it is they're going to approach you know, building more equity, making sure that there's a sense of belonging um, and how do we tap that into um, what the goals are for the organization. For a long time, DEI has kind of sat to the side as a nice thing to do. And you would see it, you know, kind of in the 90s, you know, if there were in the uh, early 2000s, if there was a department to be cut, if there are cost savings to be had, the DEI team went first, right? Because it was kind of like an extra thing. What a framework, a governance framework does for you or a focus on governance in particular, is it matches your goals um, as an organization with bringing as many bringing on as much talent, making sure you're reaching the customers um, in the way that you need to, aligning those types of objectives with principles of inclusion and equity, and that's particularly important in the um, financial services industry because we know um, that that has been a place where historically groups have been kept out of certain things. Right? We can talk about the GI Bill. Right, but we can know we know that there are universities that didn't accept black and brown soldiers. Right, um, we know that there have been redlining that have kept um, different communities out, or particularly black and brown communities, out of certain areas, and that was part of the financial services industry. Right, could you get home insurance? Right, so because we have that kind of structural or that historical. Um, context of being having barriers in place that systemically kept people out, building a framework makes sure that you are constantly thinking about how to bring people in. And it, it, it makes sure that you're getting it across your different business lines, you're getting that buy-in, and importantly, that people own that 
that plan. It's not just, you know, HR, for, for example, or corporate responsibility. It's your commercial lending team has a, has a, a say in that, right? Your, um, you know, corporate real estate team has, they have a, 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 a sorry, commercial real estate, they have a, a say in that too. Um, how is it that we make sure that we are reaching our clients and customers in a way that is, yes, profitable, <laughs> but also meets their needs so that they continue to bank with us. They continue to ask us for funding for their projects. And a governance structure really helps you do that. Our governance structure um, consists of a DEI Leadership Advisory Council that's chaired by our CEO um, and consists of our, you know, our executive leadership team. And then we have three sub-councils um, that are rolling out this year. The first is our DEI Business Council. Um, our second is our Social Justice Council. And our third is our Talent Council. And we purposely are rolling out the Talent Council last because HR is already working on this. So I can focus our efforts um, on bringing building sorry, bringing business leaders together um, to think about, you know, how do we make sure that we create greater access for the communities that we serve? Yeah, you know, I always say to people like, and this is a big part of the the book that's coming out that I was telling you about, the Action Speak Louder book that's coming out in May. But one of the things is, is we've built institutions that have structural divides. And so we have to build institutions that have intentional like inclusion, right? right so right. It, it, we we have to think about this in the same way, um, obviously, in a much more hopefully like, you know, forward facing inclusive way yeah. but we have to think about building our, our institutions and being intentional. And so I really like what you said about this governance framework, because what it does is it says, this is our intention. And even more than our intention, this is our actions. And this is how we're going to hold ourselves collectively responsible for making for making a shift. Well, I have a million other questions that I want to ask you, Tammy, but we are at our time. Uh, <laughs> so I, I do want to ask you one, one last question, because we always like to ask our guests uh, a fun question. And our fun question is, what's bringing you joy? So I'm going to be a little, uh, hopefully not too sentimental, but um, right now it's my family. Um, and I should say it's, it's usually something that brings me joy, but in particular, you know, we've, we've been able to get together and I'm lucky enough, you know, I have two fabulous kids. I have a really fun and um, uh, exciting, I shouldn't say exciting, that's a long word, but a really great husband. Um, and I have the benefit of living close to um, my sisters and my mom. Um, you know, we're all within 20 minutes of each other. Um, and so we got to get together um, for the Super Bowl on Sunday. Um, and we lost my dad last year. So these moments that we get to come together are so precious to me that they really keep me, you know, just uplifted for the whole week after. Um, so, you know, as we go into um, the holiday weekend, you know, I plan to kind of have, you know, my sisters, my nieces, and my nephews over. Um, and the funny things that they say, the little things that they do um, are all these little just moments of sparkle and joy because I know how precious those um, interactions are. Absolutely. I'm sorry to hear about the loss of your father. I'm glad that you. you did get a chance to be able to spend some more time with your family. You know, we are in this moment, right? And we'll, we'll be in this moment probably for a while where we're, we're coming back together and we're trying to reacclimate to, you know, kind of all of those, those components. And I do think that there's a lot of joy to be had there as we're relearning. We talked about this even before we got on the podcast, but relearning all, all these things that we used to do and, yeah. and things that were just kind of like part of our normal and 
you know, re re kind of deciding what's going to be part of our normal. I think that's a lot of what we end up talking about here too. Um, you know, we, we, we are going to decide, we're going to have a lot of big decisions as we move forward in, in the world. And hopefully a lot of the conversations that we're having here will help guide us towards finding those moments of joys and, and, and finding that sparkle and being able to make that happen at home with our families, but also make that happen within our institutions and in our, our daily lives, right? Everybody Absolutely. needs a little bit more sparkle. You have to find the meaning. You have to find the joy. Um, and the little things that we couldn't do before. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I, one other question, if people are trying to stay in contact with you, what's the best way for them, uh, to stay connected? Just find me on LinkedIn, Tammy Garns Matter. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Well, we're so glad that you were here with us. So thank you for your time. And we're glad to, for everybody who was able to join us in this episode. We learned a lot about ARGs. We learned a lot about having a governance framework and why that's really important. I hope that you're able to take those ideas and utilize them right away. Uh, we always love having people join us here on the podcast. We also really love it when you share the podcast. So feel free to do that. If you want to comment on this episode, you can always do that right on our website, which is upliftingimpact.com. Or you can connect with us also on LinkedIn. You can connect with myself, Deanna Singh, or my wonderful co-host. Um, that's my husband. And he, he's exciting, Tammy. I use that word. Uh, my exciting co-host, <laughs> Justin Ponder. You could look him up too. We always love to get your questions and comments and even suggestions for other people that we might invite onto the podcast. So until next week, keep on uplifting the impact. Thanks everyone. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.